Welcome to Small Talk. Enough of our rambling. Uh, thank you for joining in tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, we're actually broadcasting live on Periscope. So we're going to try that out tonight and see uh, if anyone watches on Periscope. I don't know. It's like a Twitter thing. I, I, I don't even know. I've never even really looked at Periscope. So it's, it's probably where all the maybe all the dregs of society uh, go. So um, oh, that should be great then. Yeah, I mean, we got Justin on tonight, so hey, it's fine, right? It's good. <laughs> there we go. Good, good, good timing. So, uh, so at any rate, hey, I always appreciate you all watching. Uh, you know, we got like nine, 19 people watching live right now. Listen, that's pretty good, honestly, because I sometimes <laughs> on Sundays we'll see some churches. You know, they have huge congregations might have like 20 people watching. So we really appreciate that you would take time to watch. And then I'm excited because uh, with this episode tonight, I think we could actually set our record for views. Teresa's still in the lead, <laughs> somewhere around 780 views one night that she was on. Uh, Justin, he might get us, uh, you know, another 20 or so. So we could get up <laughs> over 800. That'd be absolutely fantastic. I would love it. So uh, I wanted to have you all back on. We actually uh, talked about, what, about maybe a month ago, and we were having a conversation about authority. And I really feel like that's something we could talk a lot about. I mean, it's just something you're always confronting uh, issues with with authority, uh, whether it's uh, on a personal level, like uh, we, you know your children and parenting, whether it's at work, whether it's like on a national level. We have all of these quote unquote leaders. I put that in quotes because, uh, well, I just I'm not impressed with a lot of the leadership that I I see, but. Hey, listen, I'm probably just that way anyway. I'm I'm not easily, I'm not even like an easily managed person, I would say, especially after being self-employed for uh, well over a decade at this point. So uh, we, we actually left that conversation right as I was about to ask about where's the limit on obeying those that have rule over you, right? So Because I'm 43 years old. So, and I've been going to church for 44 years of my life. And, oh, my gosh, I heard that so many times, that scripture. I don't even know if it was in context, out of context. I have no idea. Um, I do think that oftentimes people are likely to take scriptures and sort of make them fit whatever their agenda is. That's just me maybe being cynical. Um, and so I, I, I even just wonder about that one uh, in particular. Um, there's there's things that gets done with my tax money that, that I don't support. Um, I'm still going to pay those taxes, though, because I can't get away with not paying it. There's some folk that probably can, but me? No. I'll, I'll get picked up really quick, I would imagine, if I don't pay my taxes. Um, so maybe if I were a popular politician... Uh, I, I could get away with that, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just some guy running his mouth on Facebook and Periscope tonight. Welcome, Periscope. Appreciate you joining us tonight. And maybe that's where those extra views are coming from right now. So, uh, Justin, listen, you are uh, 
I was thinking today, you are a pastor. You are a patriot. And to progressives, that would make you a problem. How about, how about all those peas? <laughs> so I hope I'm a problem for the devil, too. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So um, not that those two coincide. That's not what I mean by that. But yeah. Yeah. Watch yourself. Don't get yeah. yourself canceled now. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be the reason why you got canceled. You got canceled because yeah. you're on small talk. That, that's yeah. that hurts my prospects for future guests. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So listen, I don't want to. I don't want to. Listen, man, to be a pastor, you know, there's a few things I would hate if I were a pastor. Like you get a gathering of people and everyone always asks you to pray. That would be annoying. Yeah, every time. No one else can. And then people just always go on to you to be the uh, authoritative word on the Bible every with, right. with everything. And uh, I, I'm sure. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't go to your church. I check you out every now and then on Facebook while you're preaching. But uh, I'm sure you're not the exhaustive. Uh, no, authority not on by any stretch. All, all scripture. But th- w- what light can you shed on that for me? That the scripture about obeying those that have rule over you and how does that apply to where we're at today where i, think that, I feel um, like we're in this we're in this place where we're, we're told to do certain things but then we watch our quote-unquote leaders do different or do the opposite so that's you know that's hebrews 13 or 317 i believe is actually where that's found um now again everything is within context of course you know paul is writing to the hebrew church at least most people agree that Paul wrote Hebrews. There's some debate over that. That's not really for this time or topic, but um, he's writing actually to the Hebrews and he's, he's speaking to them because of the Sanhedrin that was actually imposing on them various laws while for practicing Christianity. Of course, they weren't necessarily called Christians at that moment. The Bible says they were called first Christians at Christians at Antioch. So, um, Basically, what he's addressing is, is they were being limited in worship. And he was saying there were certain things. They were still asking them to to pay taxes. They were still asking them to do their duty at the temple. And Peter or Paul, rather, is I don't know if I said Peter by accident earlier. I apologize. But Paul, rather, was um, letting them know, yeah, you still need to pay your taxes. You need to uh, pay your uh tithe to the temple. You need to do all of those things, obey them because God has allowed them to be in place. So, you know, while sometimes I do believe that is probably overquoted, or at least it's stretched to fit a more of an agenda rather, I guess. Um, I do believe there's some safety in that and at least some security in that, that if I'm obeying my leaders, if they make the wrong decision, it's they who have to answer for that. I did what was right for in in my place, you know. So um, don't get me wrong; I don't think that's a tell-all that you always should obey everything. Um, you know, I know it's cliche, but you know, Jim Jones. If that were the case, then you know everyone should have drank the. It actually wasn't Kool Aid; it was a um, like a a tonic of some sort, but if that were the case, then that would have been perfectly fine. But the point is in most cases, you need to understand that there's a spiritual covering over you when you obey your leaders. Um, first Corinthians chapter 11, I believe it is actually speaks to it as the word is source. 
So in other words, they are your source, just like, and it, it speaks directly within the family. The husband is the source for the family. And then of course, uh, the church is the source for, for the husband. And, and then Jesus is the source for the church. And then of course, it's the same thing that works in the same, um, kind of idea that's going on there when we're talking about it in Hebrews is that the government's your source in that instance and God set them up. So listen to them. Don't be riotous. Don't be, you know, cause a ruckus. Don't, don't, you know, get out there and show yourself just because you disagree with them. Pray for them and understand that, you know, in most cases, they're probably doing the best that they possibly can given the information that they have. Um, so I, I look at it that way, that if you do follow your leaders, there is a certain bit of protection and covering that comes over you, at least spiritually. Um, I mean, there are some people that probably could argue that that point or argue against that point and say, well, we obeyed our leaders, in, you know, in, you know, Nazi Germany. And look what look what happened there. So, I mean, I, I, man, that's just that's exactly what I had on my mind. Right. Yeah. And so it. I would say there definitely is a definitive point where that's wrong. And I would say I, I love um, our founding fathers. You know, a lot of people say, well, the founding fathers went out there and they started rioting and shooting and all that. that that's actually not very true. It actually took quite a bit before they raised arms. You know, um, for the most part, it was... Uh, uh, protest and it was letters and it were letters to their leaders, letters to their kings, letters in the press. For the most part, that's what it was for many years. You know, you're talking about the the in the late 17, excuse me, 30s is actually when the unrest started happening with the British crown. And then it got into later. So we shouldn't be so quick to defy our government or so quick to overthrow things or so quick to become unruly. However, if they're infringing on life, liberty, and of course, happiness, then of course, then, then I think the founding fathers had that correct. That's what we stand for. That's what we protect is life. We should protect life at all costs. We should protect liberty for everyone, you know, and I know that can be a broad statement. And then, you know, of course, happiness, you know, you should have a right to happiness just as I should, but what that looks like, as far as the protection or what the, the battle is could be for different for certain circumstances. Teresa has Justin ever asked you to drink any tonic. And if he does, what will you tell him? <laughs> I've asked her to drink veggies. <laughs> uh, I, I would say no, if he said tonic, but I, I think Justin from an authority perspective has asked me to do things that are out of my comfort zone. Um, like smile. Obey. Smile, obey. Um, sometimes everything doesn't need to be said at church. You know, I mean, our job is to love people who are, I mean, I just want to be honest, they're difficult to love and and they're broken. And he's asked me to look at things from a different perspective than we would in business. Um, you know, I, I know a lot about how to manage employees, but church people are not employees. And so I would say, yes, he has asked me to do things that are very difficult and challenging. <laughs> you agree, Justin? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And but, even um, difficult for myself. But 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 I think that one of the reasons why you would just go ahead and naturally try to uh, 
try to obey that authority maybe that Justin has there in that in that um, in that setting of, of church there. One of the reasons why you do that is because you know he has your best interest in mind, right? You you have relationship. And so <clears throat> I think that's a much that uh, no? Well, I think he has he has everyone's best interest. It's 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 way beyond me. It's it's about kingdom work. And and that has, I think, for myself been something difficult to learn that in in community and in the kingdom, it isn't necessarily about you. It's more about what is best for all of us and what God is wanting us to do. Not about what you think you want to do or your ego. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I, I, I think we need to break out that scripture about having dominion over all the creatures of the earth and get rid of that fly that's bothering you there. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. I'm like, because I have this light and it's drawing, it's coming up there. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I just see that as a very different scenario than our our government. And when I say government, I, I don't have a problem with local government. I love I love local government. I think that that's where most of the power should be because any of us can pick up the phone and get those people on the other end and um, if we can address issues. How do I address issues with the Speaker of the House of Representatives? Well, I, I really can't. Uh, there's not a whole lot I can do about that. And someone might say, well, why do you even need to? Well, well, that in terms of legislation, she's calling the shots on the national level. Like if she doesn't want something to come before Congress, it's not coming before Congress. But there's a lot of power right there concentrated in that one individual um, that affects all of us. And here's this person who just demonstrates Actually, it's a small thing, right? The whole salon thing is just a small thing. I think it's more just emblematic of a bigger problem. But, you know, she's, she's in there getting a blowout, right? And everyone else has to, you know, can't do that. I mean, I might have went through the back door of a someplace to get a haircut once or twice or whatever, right? I mean, you know, brother's got to do what brother's got to do. But... um Listen, if I'd have been her and I got caught, I'd have just been like, hey, look, like Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of uh, Chicago, she got busted doing that, right? She just came out and was like, hey, listen, it was kind of a snarky thing to say, kind of demeaning to everybody when she's like, hey, I'm the mayor and uh, personal hygiene is important to me, as if it's not important to the rest of us, right? It's important to me, too. Have you seen this hair? I mean, come on. It's important to me, too, right? But she could go get a haircut, but I couldn't. I cut right. my own. So, so that so where there's that disconnect, I think that's where it's very easy to um, to just be like, man, come on, I don't care. I don't care what that lady says. I don't care. I, well, who cares? Well, she, why would you want to? Why would you want to follow authority that doesn't even obey the rules for themselves that they're asking us to obey? That's what I'm saying. You know, how can you trust them? What was that, Tracy? How can you trust them? I mean, that's what it comes down to when when someone has authority over you. There is a you're submitting because there is a certain amount of trust. I mean, you know, when we talked earlier about like being at church and some of the things, I mean, even though we might want to get upset, we don't because it's it, it doesn't it doesn't build trust. 
and people don't want to work together. So mm -hmm. I will say this, and I'm no fan of Nancy Pelosi. I think that is probably pretty clear. But that was a California state law that she violated, not a federal law. So, you know, people came against her for, you know, saying, hey, you violated your own law. That's not true. She didn't create that law. That actually is a state law that she violated. So, you know, um, I, I get it. I get the outrage. I, I understand it. Um, you know, there, there's salon owners that are going belly up. I mean, let me just tell you this. There are manatee tour operators going belly up right now and in, in our own local area. And um, there's a lot of help that's going to other situations and other things within the state and the local municipalities. And we see um, even what people don't understand is that the Coast Guard still has a restriction for 10 or less on uh, vessels right now. But you can have a private vessel with as many people as you want. So, I mean, there's there's hypocrisy everywhere. It's not just with public officials and so on. I think pub, right now everybody is up in arms because everybody's frustrated. We've been, uh, what is it, eight months into this thing. We're tired of it. We're over it. And we're mm -hmm. looking for somebody to blame. And we're looking for somebody to be angry at. That's why everybody's angry at either the president, they're angry at uh, the speaker, they're angry at our senators, they're angry at governors mm -hmm. and so on. And the truth is, in, in my opinion, most of them, most, are making the decisions, the best decisions they possibly can, given the information they have. And you have to understand, there is no right answer right now. I would hate to have to be those people in that position right now. I just know as, as a pastor of a local church, the decisions we've had to make over whether if, if the beginning, you know, when do we open? What does it look like when we open? Do we require face masks? Are we going to allow people to do this? Are we going to allow that? And, and eventually we just got to it. We said, well, somewhere along the line, we're just going to have to trust God and just say, hey, we got to we got to live life. We can't be stuck you know, with this for the rest of our lives. We got to live life and and just deal with whatever we come. Eventually, you just have to make a decision. And I think, you know, making a decision should get some kind of credence right now. It, it should get some kind of applause for those that at least have made a decision. For instance, my children right now are, um, they go to Seven Rivers Christian School. And and I love Seven Rivers. And Seven Rivers had multiple teachers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is public information now, so I'm not sharing anything outside. Um, had multiple teachers that um, tested positive for COVID. And Seven Rivers thought that it was wise to go ahead and shut down the school for two weeks to prevent any more spread. Now, I dislike that idea. I don't think it was the right idea. But you know what? They made a decision. And I trust them. And mm -hmm. I'm going to support them. I'm not yanking my kids out of Seven Rivers. I'm not going to stop paying their tuition. I'm not going to do all that. I can disagree with them and still support them at the same, th same time. Yeah. Well, I mean... When it comes to the education, I think that one thing that Seven Rivers did really well is communicate. They not only communicated with the, you know, with their students and their parents, but they've communicated with the community, which I think has gained support. Mm -hmm. Nobody's outside picketing because they, you know, or rioting the school and being angry because they closed. They had a plan. They told the community, even people who do not attend their school, what they were going to do. 
Right. And now they're following it. They are. They're following and, it. And, and that's the thing is they said, this is the stipulation if one student tests mm -hmm. positive. This is the stipulation yeah. if multiple students test positive. This is the stipulation if multiple students in different grades test positive. And then so on yeah. with teachers the same. And they have followed their original policy. And whether I like the decision that my children are home virtually learning while I'm still paying their tuition or not, <laughs> doesn't matter. It They stuck to their policy. And, and I think that making a decision counts for something today. Yeah. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of blowback on that decision, right? No. They clearly set the expectations. Everyone knew what they were and then they followed through on those expectations, right? In a situation like that, you, you will even say, well, I don't necessarily agree with it. I like for them to stay in school or whatever. Maybe you would feel that way, but you're not going to take them to task because they said what they were going to do. It. And they yeah. and they've done it. I mean that to me that actually sounds like there's a parallel yeah. there. Uh, what, <laughs> what are we gonna say? I'm Where thinking going, it. You Justin? say Where it. Going? Huh? It sounds just like our president. Sounds like a president. Yeah. Like this guy. Yeah. And by the way, while we have so many viewers on here, let me just start stop <laughs> the commercial break. Tonight's episode of Small Talk is brought to you by. You guessed it, small talk. <laughs> go to, go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, type in small talk, find it, subscribe, uh, and, uh, and download. We would appreciate that. So uh, also on, uh, on YouTube as well. And tonight, uh, Periscope for the first time. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like Trump to me, right? I mean, the guy said what he was going to do, and he's, he's done it. Um, just outrageous, I guess, that he's actually done the things that he's done, uh, but he said he was going to do it. Right. So, yeah. Hey, what I, I mean, I don't know what to complain about. Yeah. Yeah. But George, why is it that we say that Trump is labeled now as somebody who has follow through? And I mean, that's leadership. That's what should be happening. We should say, this is the expectation and follow through with it. But what's happening in the in the world, the things that we're seeing that are happening is that it's delayed. We say we're not going to tolerate something. It's almost like I tell my kids, um, if disobedience is, is the delayed obedience. If I ask you to do something now and you don't do it till next week, that's still disobedience. It's lack of follow through. Well, the other side of it is, too, is I think everyone has the intention to fulfill their promise until that carrying out that promise has a negative impact on whatever their comfort is. So mm -hmm. for instance, you know, we can tell our child, listen, if you do that again, we're turning around and going home, but that means we don't get the steak dinner. So, and, and so I think, and that's a simple analogy, but that's the same analogy within pol uh, politics is they say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But then they find out that whenever they go to act upon it, a portion of their constituents or some some poll comes up that tells them, oh, this isn't favorable with this class of people, and they back out of it. Instead of just saying, I was elected on these promises made, I'm going to do it, and we'll see what happens from there. Right, right. It, well, and what, what gets me is just all the flip-flopping even before the person even gets into office. That, that absolutely drives me nuts. Like I listened last week to to Biden saying in uh, Pennsylvania, well, I'm not going to stop fracking. <laughs> I mean, I do just said like 
few months ago during the debate, debate is going to stop fracking. Now it's not going to stop fracking, right? So it's just this double speak, just depend on who you're talking to. Uh, I just have such a hard time respecting that. I respect it if the guy says, we're going to stop all fracking. Okay. All right, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's your platform. Take that to all 50 right. states. And, and let's just let people decide. So we all know the problem with Trump is that he just gets in his own way way too often. This guy's mm-hmm. got some of the, the – He's got some wind <laughs> in his sail, and then all of a sudden he starts taking knives to the sail. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. It just drives me nuts, man. But, hey. That's just – that's his personality. And I, I do yeah. like to see that uh, – they're trying to actually make light of that a little bit, or they're they're at least trying to acknowledge that. You see the Trump pa- campaign trying to acknowledge it. Where so I do have to mention something. I'm sorry, George. I don't mean to hide you. Uh, there's a very important comment on here. Jerry Carr Jr. Speaking of politics, Teresa West for mosquito <laughs> control. There you have it, folks. You heard there it. There you here. have it. Go West. Yes, absolutely. Mosquito control board. I know who I'm holding accountable when I get. <laughs> bit by the florida state bird the mosquito yeah. and then yeah. i'm gonna do call anything you about ask- let me can't do anything about flies but she can you know <laughs> get <it on. laughs> exactly right. I, will, I will tell you drain all the water in your backyard don't let it collect there you have it there you yeah. have it folks there's teresa <laughs> teresa west platform as she runs for drain the, swamp. Uh, yeah, drain the swamp friends like uh uh glenn uh glenn's watching right now i'd like for glenn to let us know if uh in columbus ohio do they have mosquito control board i'm interested because they have to have standing water up there as well the worst mosquitoes i've ever encountered were actually in minnesota during the summertime it was absolutely unbelievable and i thought oh yeah that license plate does say ten thousand lakes on Mm -hmm. it that's it oh yeah. yeah So, yep. Teresa, if you hit it big in the mosquito control world, <laughs> uh, maybe you move to Minnesota and you can really just make your mark on humanity. I'm yeah. a, I'm I, I don't like cold weather, so I will not be moving to Minnesota, Alaska, any place that snows. I, I really don't understand why people want to leave the sunshine. Yeah. Now, I'll be staying. I'll be staying where it's warm. Yeah, I'm listen. I'm convinced that like five minutes after I leave this world, no one will know I was even here except maybe the people in my house, and that's really about it. But Teresa, you have the opportunity here to leave a legacy that will be lasting um, years and years after you're gone. To probably even put a a statue up of you, you know, like you know (laughs) something like that on the on the town on the town square. So. I think yeah. I think that mosquito control is is a good thing, but I think the real I mean, speaking of our families, I think that's our biggest legacy. The people that we're taking care of, I mean, they know us, the good, bad, and the ugly, and they still love us. There's no there's I mean, there's no no facades. So I, I do think that's our biggest compliment is right. they will miss us when we're gone. Yes, absolutely, for sure. My kids might jump up and down though, because they nobody will be telling them to do chores. Tracy, you, yeah, I mean, because I was just gonna say, you mentioned the chores. Because I was gonna say, you're somebody who can drive a hard bargain. Uh, you don't, <laughs> you don't, you, you don't play, right? So uh, with those children, I know you don't. So, um, 
You want to hear about when I was in New Smyrna? Sure. So Jeff was in charge of the kids and he's super lax. Um, and we have cameras now. So I actually, while I was laying on the couch about nine o'clock, zoomed in to make sure the dishes were done, see if the phones were put up where they belong. And, and actually it was all done. And Jeff was actually laughing because the cameras are to prevent the kids from doing things that could cause liability in our house if we aren't home. But I'm checking out, are the chores done? So, yes. I'm convinced that there's medication that can help you with this. 100%. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's four kids in here, four teenagers. Yeah. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I want to kind of keep it on, on, the, on the topic here, because if not, then afterwards, you know, it'll be Teresa that's telling me that I need to stay on topic as she talks about looking at cameras from New Smyrna Beach of whether the dishes are clean or not. Right. So um, I don't know. I, th I think that in order for uh, people to really respect authority, it's going to either involve well, it's going to involve relationship. If it's something that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but you trust the person who's asking you to do it, or it's really just um, uh, you see something in it for yourself. All right. Cause we can be some selfish. We are selfish creatures. It's, it's the rare instance, the more rare instance, I think where you do something that you don't want to do just because the person has the authority. Especially as, especially as an adult, I feel that way. Um, so, um, am I right? I mean, do do you agree that that's like that's the instance right there where it's 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 much more likely that someone won't uh, uh, obey authority is that they just don't see there's no relationship or they don't see what they're going to get it out of it for themselves. What do you think, Teresa? I mean, do you, I think do you, it's a, you, I think, either, you do a lot of business consulting with people who are in leadership positions and might be struggling to to get their employees to do the things that they want them to do? Well, I think it has a lot to do with explaining uh, the why and understanding it. I think even in politics, we don't do a good job of understanding why we need to do these things for the greater good. I mean, when you're either it's for the, the community or it's for a business. And when you explain stuff and give people who feel like maybe they don't matter, and I'll just use like a frontline employee, when you give them buy-in and they feel a part of it and you've included them, I think they respect authority and they follow through. It's when people are disconnected and don't have any connection to what you're asking them to do. It feels like a dictatorship, so they rebel against it. Yeah. Justin's over there um, laying down the law right now with some children, I think, maybe. Or, or maybe that's his wife he's telling to be quiet right now. <laughs> No, it's his kids. No. Yeah. It's my three-year-old, or soon-to-be three-year-old. Gotcha. Let well, us see him. Put him up on your lap so we can see him. Come here, Weston. Come here. They want to see you. Come here. He's going to steal the show. Folks, I have yes, I have lost all control of this show. There Your lunchbox. This is Weston. This is the baby. Weston. 
Weston. Weston. Look. Hey, Weston. See you. Isn't, isn't there like a resort? Isn't there like resorts or hotels or something like that named Weston? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know where you were when Todd <laughs> was conceived. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. So, uh, yeah, I want to I want to double back to uh, Glenn's comment. Glenn said that uh, it's apparent to him that some are making decisions for their party and not for the good of the people that that they serve. I think that's always mm -hmm. going to be the case. That's for sure. And I think I just have a little bit more cynical viewpoint than you do, Justin. I, I, I have a hard time when I see politicians making decisions that make no sense to me. I have a hard time believing that they're just doing the best they can with the information yeah. that they have, I guess. And listen, some of that's just my own bias. I'm, I'm, I will readily admit that if I hear somebody that generally lines up with my politics saying something about a hot button issue of the day, Corona, whatever the case may be, that, yeah, I'm more likely to, to listen to that. Or, uh, or if I hear it from the right news media outlet that, that I trust or whatever, of course I'm more likely to listen to it. Right. But I don't know. I'm a little bit more cynical than you, man. I, I, I think there's fewer people out there, politicians that are making decisions just best they can with the information they have. Unless maybe they're up for a re-election, you know. So I mean, rhetoric is—I um, think it was Socrates that said that rhetoric is the um, is the foundation of politics. Um, you know, that's that's going to be a part of it, and I think there are certain. Uh, it, I mean, without a doubt, George, you're right that there are people that that choose party over policy or party over policy and party over people and so on. And that happens in small government that happens all the way at the top. You know, I'm going to have to say that, that when they do that, they're straying away from their conscience. I happen to believe that as Americans um, in our government, I think that the majority of our government got into government probably for the right reasons. They wanted to make a difference. I think it's somewhere along the line. They probably um, found out that they can make more money by catering to certain policies and certain uh, constituents. But I think most of them got into government for the right reasons to begin with. They wanted to make a difference and they felt like they could. I can't fault a man or a woman for doing what they feel to be best for their family or at least their community. Now, is it clear that some of them choose this biased um, nonsense? Absolutely. I mean, we heard something come across um, this past week with with regard to the president. I mean, it's no doubt that the president is crude at times, um, that he says some things that he should not. He says some things that I don't want my children saying. I mean, that that's that's pretty clear. But there was something that came out by a very, very left leaning newspaper that um, uh, the, the Atlantic that said that he slandered against slain um, ser armed service. Soldiers. Nobody believes that to be true. I mean, mm -hmm. no, no legitimate thinking person believes that to be true. After seeing what he 
he has done and seeing the things that he said. I bet you I know a few. (laughs) I did preface it with a couple caveats. You sure Uh, did. You did. You did. I appreciate that. the, The truth is, is that there are certainly people that, that are that are spouting it off because it fits. But that's just like conservatives spouting off stuff Alex Jones said. You know, I mean, it just fit their narrative and it sounded mm-hmm. good. But nobody really believes Alex Jones. I mean, really. No no normal person believes Alex Jones. There are some crazy people that believe Alex Jones, but no normal person believes Alex Jones. No normal person believes the Atlantic. I mean, it's just... But... People repeated it. There were plenty of people who who forwarded on Facebook. There were plenty of people who said, you know, those things. And they did it because it fit their narrative. And I think that's that's dangerous. But that's not only our leader's fault. That's us as Americans' fault. Because the Mm -hmm. truth is, is who really are the leaders in America? If we're a government for the people, by the people, we are the leaders. So if our leaders react in a way that we disagree with, then whose fault is that? It's ours. Vote them out. You know. Yep. But but Justin, don't you think that that the average person doesn't do a good job of finding out the actual facts? I mean, if and I've been I've been guilty of it. You know, sharing something on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Not doing it, not because it, it fits what I think you know is really happening, and it, and it's false. And then, you know, it's we're we're just spreading dishonor, you know, lies basically. I, yes, and and I'm going to say something that's going to sound like a cop out. Let me tell you a safe thing: share scripture. That's safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Share scripture. You know, well, um, well, for some of our international friends that might be watching, that may not be so safe, depending on what yeah. country you're in. Yeah, it, it might be safe right here. Uh, I, you know, you saw me looking down. I was just checking um, on my phone here. As of July 18th, 2019, uh, one in 10 Americans still don't believe the moon landing really happened. I mean, that's 10 percent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or so there's a percentage of people who don't believe the moon landing happened. That's a pretty healthy percentage, by the way. Ten mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Uh, there's still there's a percentage of Americans that believe in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, like legit. They believe it. So I mean, come on, uh, They're toddlers. <laughs> yeah. well, well, good thing I've got headphones on. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I've been known to ruin the Christmas magic. I have done that. I so did that in my say, So if 10%, so think of it in terms of this way, if 10% of all planes that took off crashed, that would be terrible, right? Oh, so that's yeah. that's a huge amount mm-hmm. when you put it in perspective like that, that's a huge amount. Or how about the amount of people that believe that the earth is flat? I mean, yes. when you can get out and actually see a horizon, you know, um I don't know what the answer. We used to have a saying whenever I worked for Mercury Marine that you can't cure stupidity, but you can make it expensive. So, you know, I, I don't really have an answer for stupidity. I just know that I can make it expensive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that, that'd be like 32 million Americans believe that the moon landing never happened. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of folk. 
That that's is. For sure. that, that's for sure. So it, it doesn't, so it sounds like, uh, how much more believable is it to people that, that Trump said something that four anonymous sources claim that he said, well, there's, there's a lot of people that believe that that may, there's, there's even a, many more that just want to believe that really. They I, want well, to. I, they want. I think that's the key. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and listen, if there was some really grimy stuff that came out tomorrow about, you know, we've been talking about Nancy Pelosi. So there's really some grimy stuff that came out about Pelosi tomorrow. I mean, even if it sounded crazy, I'd be like licking my chops, I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, I, mean like, I would have to take some time. I'd probably go it, to Snopes, but you know, I'd still, I, you know, I'd be like, ooh, ooh, what did Nancy do now? But it's to <laughs> our own peril when we bite off, bite on stuff like that, because it's a setup for a trap, because it destroys your credibility. Like for instance, when everybody bid on the the situation with Nancy Pelosi right now, and that that yes, what she did was probably a poor poor judgment she she should not have done that she she no doubt made some people feel uncomfortable and and disgraced and and so on and and i'm not so sure about that salon owner i think she knew more than what she's letting letting on to about but the point is is we shouldn't buy into that stuff and bite on that because it's to our own peril it ends up making us look like a fool in the end when stuff like that is proven incorrect it's the same thing when people are going off on all this stuff over the Atlantic with that, what was said there, it's to their own peril. It's all going to be egg on their face at the end. It's just like, knock it off. Let's say what we know to be true and let's stick with that. You know, um, um, irrefutable science, right? You know, the definition of irrefutable science, irrefutable science means that it can be observed. It can be reproduced. And it can be disproved, either reproduced or disproved. So it can be observed in its process. It can either be re, uh, reproduced or disproved. That's irrefutable science. If you can't produce all of that, then you don't have a valid case to support your argument. And we know that in science. It's the same situation in the scope of the arena of politics. If we could get back to civility, but I would I would almost argue that civility never really occurred, because if you look at, you know, even Socrates, what happened with him, right? He spoke out against the way things were going. Right. He said that the mass could beat up on the minority based upon that they had a purely democratic run uh, government that as long as they had majority majority rule. That's what would happen. That's why we have the Electoral College, by the way, is so that the majority cannot beat up on the minority. And he said that, and so he had to drink poison. So civility probably never really existed in politics, if we want to be true. Oh, no. I mean, look at all the duels that happened. and Yeah. Death Alexander and Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr, right. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, I don't think there's ever been a, a high level of civility, but, uh, you know, you would hope that as a society grows, that there would be uh, a little bit more civility that would, uh, you know, be, be in play. But I, I don't know. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Uh, I, I think sensationalism and drama is what people are attracted to. Yeah, sure. it'd be so interesting mm -hmm. to see a Trump presidency without social media. Like what would that what would that look like if it were 
you know, early 2000s, pre-iPhone, pre like what would that look like? You know, and, and think about what, what would the, uh, what would the George Bush, um, George W. Bush, not H. W. Bush, George W. Bush, what, what would his presidency look like now? You know, everyone loves him now, you know, cause he's, he's friends with all the right people. So everybody loves him now, but oh my they God. They didn't love him back then. You remember Saturday Night Live? <laughs> I mean, listen, every, every Republican president's going to get tagged with being Hitler at some point. They're going to get called that. I mean, every 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 yeah. president, Republican president since Bush in particular is illegitimate, and we're already see that being uh, set up already again, right? right? So that mm -hmm. if Trump does win, of course he cheated. Well, of course he did. He's illegitimate. But well, they did that with, and and again, and and this might be devil's advocate, but they did that with Barack Obama too, as well. You know, yes. birth certificate. They also called him Hitler with uh, some of the things he made, and I think that's just that's the natural reaction for humanity and politics. And um, a good comparison is uh, talking about the difference of social media. What it makes is social media came out in the lot really was so very heavy in the last term of president Obama. But if you remember back um, JFK against Nixon first televised debate, it changed mm -hmm. everything because of the appearance JFK had on TV. But when it came to actual like uh, experience and knowledge and so on, Nixon had him beat. But whenever he was televised and they could see it's, it's because people believe their eyes over their ears. And so yes. when they see something, they look at something, it creates this sensation to where they want to buy in and they fall in love with it. So a Trump presidency without social media probably would not be a presidency at all, to be honest with you. I got to tell you, like in the first five or ten minutes of, of Obama speaking at the George Floyd uh, memorial service, his funeral, I almost started missing that cat. I was like, man, he's so smooth. You know, he's, he just, right. Man, what, yeah. what, so charismatic. What, what a great, great politician. And then he started saying stuff I didn't agree with. So yeah. I went ahead and turned him off. But, um, but yeah, like those, those guys, like JFK, Obama, definitely winners. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they got a face for television and, and uh, it just plays really, really well in our and culture. And then I'm stuck with a face for radio. So um, you are, man. <laughs> you are. You are for sure. Yeah, I just, uh, if, if we're just going to purely gauge whether we're going to listen to authority or not based on our own attitudes and our own values, and, um, you know, where's that line where, hey, that doesn't comport with what I believe to be right or true. If we if we base it strictly on that, then I think that in a country of 330 million people, we're going to be all over the map, right? Because mm -hmm. we all believe such different things. I had I had lunch with someone today, and I was, who had saw the um, the the Facebook post that we would be talking tonight, and he saw the topic, and he made a, it was a uh, it was Justin uh, Teresa's who I was having lunch with today. So just oh, I wasn't invited. <laughs> Justin says, yeah, Justin says, um, well, you know, if you look at the mask mandate, what's uh, not a mandate, but if you look at the mask issue, if Nancy Pelosi says, hey, you need to wear a mask. And 
even if she's wrong and you do it, or even if she's hypocritical about it, but you go ahead and do it, and ultimately it ends up benefiting someone, then fine, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's ultimately a good thing, okay? She said do it. She was hypocritical, but you did it anyway. It helped somebody. And, and, and I thought that that was just a very good point. Um, you know, mask wearing has become such a big politicized sort of thing, but I just don't see it as that big of a deal. But I get to hang out here at Chateau Small Talk all day long, basically, and work from home, and I don't have to put the thing on. So maybe easy for me uh, to say. Uh, but but I, I think it basically comes down to, again, my mo mantra is it's just trying to be helpful, right? If it's, if it's helpful for me to just go ahead and do it, then just go ahead and do it. Don't make too much hay about it. Just go ahead and obey that, that authority. But you, you're not rebellious by nature. You, 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 you actually, no, but you do obey authority in your job. I mean, even though you're a consultant at one time, you actually had a job, you know, that you reported wow. to and they, re and they required you to be there and you, and you didn't have a problem with that. And I think when we're talking about people who are going against authority, it's, it's everything. It's just not in politics. They, they do not want to submit to somebody having a little bit of control over them. It's rebellion. Sure. Sure. Right. Yeah. If, if someone critiques you, your, your job performance tells you that they're mm -hmm. not happy with what you're doing or whatever. Like for most of us, our first go-to in our head is we start thinking about all the people who are worse than we are and how that mm -hmm. person needs to be going and talking to them. Go, go exercise some authority over there and, and you know, so-and-so's uh, uh, cubicle, not mine, because I'm doing just fine. This is mm -hmm. Just because we, we build our self-esteem too often by comparing ourselves to, to other people. It's just the most readily available means by which we make ourselves feel good. I mean... I've got what 60 miles in this week. I'm gonna get hundred miles in on that bike. I got man, I need to drop that 40 pounds that I gained mm -hmm. back. Uh, but you know, I Justin, how many of, miles are you gonna get? That's a lot of work, right? That's a lot of work. Just, Justin laid out for me today some program that he's been doing. It's like 75 days of you know, don't uh I don't know, do do two 45 minute sessions of exercise a day read 10 pages out of a business book a day, no alcohol. Uh, I mean, just, just a list of things that, man, if you did those things, I think you'd be feeling fantastic after 75 days. He kind of lost me. At, I don't know. After like two things that he said, he kind of lost me. I was like, there's just no way I can hang for 75 days and, and uh, do those things. That's for sure. I don't even know where I was going with that now. All so, right. So, uh, Paul, Paul Davis uh, just asked me uh, carbon fiber or aluminum. Uh, I'm going to go with carbon fiber all day long, Paul Davis. So um, just a little inside cycling right there. I can't afford that. So I have aluminum. Yeah. Well, I get it, man. So <laughs> you, uh, you're, you're in the minor hey, league. You're, you're in the podcast. You're and you're also in the cycling minor leagues. I'll, Very I'll much so. I'll say that my bike and probably Paul Davis's bike, neither of those bikes have any welds on them. So, you know, we're, mm. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It's the way to go for sure. 
So that's probably um, why you can do 60 miles. Yeah, prop. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe so. All right. Uh, we've been at about an hour. So, uh, uh, Justin and Teresa, whichever one of you uh, want to go first, uh, last, last word, uh, words of wisdom for our audience tonight, which I, th I think is going to be the biggest audience we've ever had on small talk, by the way. It, certainly we hit like 40 people watching at once. I mean, that's more than a Sunday service at uh, <laughs> Crystal River Church of God, isn't it, Justin? At least with Justin. Oh, Justin, had, we, don't let him say that. It's not. It, we, we're about 60 concurrent for the 830, and uh, or I'm sorry, 50 concurrent for 830 and 60 concurrent for 11. And gotcha. then we factor that at 2.6 persons per household, and that gives you your number. Wow, dude, you got you got – You've got all the metrics down pat. Oh. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, uh, Justin, uh, Hebrews, what What was it? Hebrews 3.17. Hebrews 3.17. All right. So that's uh, that's the scripture we've got to go uh, read and kind of figure out for ourselves whether we need to be obeying Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, uh, Chuck Schumer, and uh, the other gaggle of lovely yeah. individuals that are quote unquote leading our country. So it, yes. Last thing I would say is, um, you know, pray for those that are in authority, mm -hmm. you know, um, they're making decisions that nobody wants to have to make right now. I guarantee you, no matter who they are. And yeah, they, they're, they're using up a lot of hot air or speaking a lot of hot air and using up a lot of air time rather saying things that, that don't, you know, probably benefit them nor us, but in the background, they're legislating in the background. They're, you know, uh, doing what they have to do to run this country, to run this state, to run this County and your pastors to run the church, you know, pray for them because every day they wake up and have to make a decision that somebody's not going to like, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Somebody's going to be mad. Um, for one way or another and you know just be thankful that they are making a decision and that they don't you know lead you along and i would say if you follow the scripture and you follow what the word of god says you know there's some safety in that now i will tell you every decision we made at crystal river each time we consulted um county officials and city officials and asked for their input that didn't mean that we were going to necessarily follow it verbatim, whatever they suggested, but we wanted their input. We wanted to include them. We wanted to make sure that we didn't do anything that would embarrass them. And so I think that's important is, is that have a little bit of respect for them and the office that they, they, they hold because, you know, let's face it. Many of them are having to make decisions that you and I would never have to in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I agree. How about you, Teresa? Last word. I'd say grace. I'd say that we're in a time where grace is so much needed on a daily basis when you're going to Walmart or you're going to one of my favorite restaurants, Cane's. Um, we're, we just need to take a moment and show some kindness and grace instead of being angry and, and just step back and see people like we used to as people. 
not mask wearers, non-mask wearers, COVID people, non-COVID people, Republicans, Democrats, but see each other as we're all in this together and we're human and have grace. Yeah, I think we have to find places where we can legitimately say, yes, we are together um, because mm-hmm. there is certainly so much division. We've got to find those things that we can come together on. Um, you know, in the past, those things have been religion. They, they have been patriotism and, and those things have fallen out of fashion to some degree mm-hmm. in our culture. And so we're going to have to find something else to really rally around. And it can't be Donald Trump either for or against. No. Right. Because no. right now that's no. where, that's where all the, the, uh, the, the fervor, is in our country right now <laughs> for or against so that's good jerry I think to follow jerry carr jr's advice and we will all rally behind being angry at mosquitoes yes and uh it will 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 unite around that i mean listen if you can't unite around that then you are a completely irrational human being completely yeah. irrational or you just live in a place where there are absolutely no mosquitoes and you have no empathy, right? You have, you're, you're, you're totally bereft of all empathy for those of us living in Florida and places like yeah. the land of 10,000 lakes, Minnesota. So, um, Hey, listen, uh, we appreciate you watching tonight. Appreciate all the, uh, all the feedback that we got from people. Uh, I'll be right back here again next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. So until then, be good to each other, respect your authority, and swat a mosquito. All right. Bye, guys.